Hello and welcome to Special Issue, Wiley's podcast for societies about all things scholarly publishing. I'm Steffi Nightingale. What do we mean when we talk about the journal of the future? As we all know, the publishing industry is changing, shifting towards an open future. And that means we have to change the way we publish journals, and even the mindset we have towards what gets published, how it gets published, and how we stand out from the ever-growing crowd of competitors. So with this in mind, today we're hearing from Andrew Beckerman, who is the editor-in-chief of Ecology and Evolution, an open access journal which is owned by multiple societies, and which has been very successful thanks to their collaboration, but also thanks to their innovative approach to developing the journal's mission, how they structure its editorial board, and also how they work with other journals to establish an effective refer and transfer network. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Andrew to tell us more. What I want to start with is that societies are very important. And the journal Ecology and Evolution formed first across three societies in the Ecology and Evolution space, the British Ecological Society here in the UK, the European Society for Evolutionary Biology in the EU, um, and also the Society for the Study of Evolution, which was based in North America. So we were very much a society-driven journal early on, partnering with Wiley. It is a co-owned prospect, which is a really valuable thing because it's adding value to societies and the communities there, as well as um, you know, giving Wiley what they need. Um, and that can be important as well. So one of the things that really helped us as we started across the three societies um, was to kind of take by the horns about not wanting the journal to be perceived as something below everything else. And to do that, we we spent some time, it was uh, Alan Moore, the original editor-in-chief and I, um, we, we put together a philosophy for the journal, which was an attempt to actually state why the journal was cool. Why should you publish here? And it had deliberately had an absence of the word impact factor in it because we knew that that was a problem, but we didn't want it to be an issue. And we wanted this to be a way to communicate with the community of authors, the community of reviewers and fellow editors. One of the key things that helps with our network building is this idea that we're trying to be author friendly. We're putting the author first. Uh, To put it shortly, nobody's really trying to write a bad paper out there. Um, There are some bad ones, but most people aren't trying to to do that. And there's usually a place for a paper. And building on that, we look for reasons to publish rather than reasons to reject. There's a distinction. There's there's what we call the 70, 30 or the 80, 20 journals, where it's 70 or 80 percent rejection. And the ecology and evolution, as an example, is the opposite. Right. We are a 20 to 30 percent rejection journal and 70 to 80 percent accept. So we're always looking for reasons to publish. And again, that comes back to nobody's trying to write a bad paper. Uh, We benefit from having a very broad scope, ecology and evolution, and the interface covers a huge range of topics. Um, And as you'll see, we have a large number of journals contributing to that across a large number of fields. We are also open access, and we've been pushing that um, as a valuable thing for a very long time. We have to remember that the, the early career researcher community is a super valuable component of the journal philosophy and also our publication uh, patterns. And we have to remember that they are very OA and open research savvy, and they're also going to be our next editors. So working with them and working with the landscape that OA benefits from and and delivers benefits to is really important. 
and our reviewer community is really important. And uh, one of the most important things I want to share with you all is that we work very closely with our editors, our associate editors who receive direct submissions to not send papers for a second round of review. And this transfer uh, opportunity and the referral opportunity is a very important component of minimizing the burden on the referee community and really works to help in conversation establish this network of why this transfer idea is really valuable and important. So here are just a few numbers. We don't have to spend too much time here. We have 38 journals now referring articles. Um, most of them come from uh, additional societies that we are now partnering with, but some of them are just in the stable of life science journals that Wiley has. Um, Wiley is a, a great publisher to work with in this sense because of the volume of subject area things linked to ecology and evolution for us. And as you know, this, this idea for transferring and referrals is about making use of someone else's time. Um, and it's really important in part of the conversations we had about why journals like Ecology and Evolution, they're so important because they really are benefiting the community around us on the reviewer side so that we can be working more on the science. So how do we directly engage with our partners? We, we build strong relationships with the supporting editors of our partner journals um, in a lot of different ways. One of the things we started doing very early on was working with them to develop templates for the decision letters built into the systems that Wiley offers us. Building those decision letters with them and giving people templates and then letting them, the editorial boards for those journals, work on customizing them with their own flavor and their own language. But that was really beneficial because it made them realize that there were standard ways to do these things. And this is one of the spaces where burdens can be reduced by working on and, and getting decision letters from already partner journals. We keep the conversation active with our partner journal editorial boards and admin teams. Um, we do that in two ways. One is meeting the journals and admin teams at meetings, um, the international meetings, the national meetings. It's a nice way to travel. Um, but the second thing, and, and a, a little bit of an effort is required to keep an eye on turnover at partner journal editorial boards. And when those turnovers happen, it's really important to jump in and engage and remind them about the partnership that they have and how things work. In terms of managing peer review, uh, we are well established. We've been going for a long time and we've got a, an interesting setup. We've actually got six editors in chief. Three of those are the those of us who are um, particularly managing the philosophy and managing the transferred papers. And that, that's what I do. And then we have three editors-in-chiefs who are in the Wiley employed space, um, and they're handling all of the direct submission. Well, almost all of the direct submissions, because sometimes we get them as well. Um, that's something that happened about eight to 10 years ago, as the volume of papers that we had exceeded our capacity and our workload, um, our, our workload capacity as editors. And it's worked out really well. Um, what's really important for everyone to know here is that those editors at Wiley um, are early career researchers who are have, have found a, a job outside of academia in publishing, but working in a subject space that they love. And they are outstanding editors um, and doing a, an amazing job. And it's that two tier, not, it's not two tiers, it's two parallel strands of editing going on and lots of communication between us, shared development now of the philosophy and working on the pipeline. It's important also to know that um, we get 60 to 70% of our papers direct submission now. Um, 
we have also, it's an interesting statistic, author uptake from any one journal is fixed at 20%, right? Lots of people get the opportunity, but no matter how big or small we've been, it's always been about 20%. For those of you who are statisticians out there, I challenge you on the probability of that and figure out and let me know. Um, again, I'll just also on this peer review side management, come back to uh, a little bit about this limiting to one review to finish up. One of the uh, messages and conversations that we have, and this is a, a really nice way to help people understand how they can build their own network and work with our network, is that what we're trying to do is empower these um, specialist editors and the associate editors to be decision makers and use their expertise because they are going to be the future EICs on journals. And what that means is that we train them to make decisions based on one round of review. We provide them shadowing with one of us for the first three papers they do. So we look at the decisions they're making, we look at the paragraphs they're writing and we work with them and we give them that support all the way through. And finally, we're always working in the space of DEI, DIE um, on gender, geography, discipline, diversity as well. And it's building that portfolio of people in our associate editor board that are often linked up to the same communities and the same societies linked to the journals that are partnering with us. So it's all about conversation, recognizing those networks. And I think I really just want to emphasize the value of societies and all of this. And if you can harness like-minded societies, uh, the conversations can be great because all of these things end up being both author, um, value-added things for authors, value-added things for reviewers, but also then value-added things for members of societies. Some great takeaways from Andrew there. Their mantra, reasons to publish rather than reasons to reject, is an interesting one because it's indicative of this shift towards a more authenticentric mindset and also the idea that the role of the editor is not necessarily to be a blocker to getting published, of course, maintaining high standards of quality and integrity remains really important, but if we can help authors to publish their research, that's only going to help us to provide greater value to our research communities and to drive forward scientific progress. On a practical level, the structure of the editorial board and the refer and transfer network seems to have worked pretty well for them. It's a key element of their current success as a journal, but it's also about helping them to establish those foundations which will place them in a strong position for that open future. And finally, it's also a great example of how societies and journals can work together in a way that helps societies to serve their members better and helps journals to serve their communities better as well. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. For Wiley, I'm Steffi Nightingale. And you can find more episodes and learn when new episodes are released by subscribing in iTunes or wherever you like to listen. You can get more news and information on society publishing from Wiley on Twitter by following us at, at Wiley in Research and on our website, wiley.com slash network slash society leaders. Our theme music was produced by Medine and this episode was edited by Dennis Velasco. Thanks for listening.